0: Welcome, fellow space-and-time travelers. This is episode 21 of the Bands Are Like Girlfriends podcast. Today on the show, Kent McClard, whom many of you will probably know as the founder of Ebullition Records, one of the most important hardcore record labels throughout the 90s and beyond that. Also one of the main people behind Heart Attack Zine, a hardcore fanzine, that came out every couple of months between the mid-90s and the early 2000s and before that, back in the 80s, he started No Answers Zine. That was before my time. So yeah, you could probably say he's a legend in the hardcore scene. Of course, that's not a word that you would typically use in that scene, you know, no gods, no masters and all that. But yes, he's done a lot for the hardcore scene, I would say, and um, he released many great bands. I'm sure you know a lot of them. Portraits of Past, Orchid, Iconocrist, Struggle, so many great records. And so the early Ebullition records, they had a certain style, certain design. You could really really see that it's an Ebullition release. We'll talk about that later on as well, because Kent actually designed these. And in most of them, at least in the early years, there were writings by Kent. So there was always a lot of personality in these records and... And I always found that quite interesting and also inspiring the way that Kent did that. As for heart attack, that was one of the f- main sources of of information about the hardcore scene that I got in the late nineties when I got into hardcore, and I thought it was great. You could just um, read about all these different topics and stuff that you know is in discussion today still. Be it gender, race, um, mental health stuff, equality, capitalism, all these things, and many different voices and opinions could be seen in that zine. To me, it was very inspiring. It seemed like, you know, sort of activism that was about trying to change things and trying to get important shit done, as opposed to, you know, different kinds of activism that were already around then. You know, the people that were more theoretical and, you know, worried more about what word is okay to use and what word is not okay to use and finding mistakes in other people's activism and, you know, bringing other people down. I thought heart attack zine, even though many of the topics were heavy, it was uplifting and inspiring. So I'd really been wanting to talk to Kent for a long time and he's still doing ebullition distribution mainly and uh, also the label but yeah they're still quite busy and I I had written to him when I started this podcast uh, in the middle of the pandemic in 2020 and I think it took him about a year to write back to me because he's got this huge pile of emails and um, yeah but he did write back and he said yeah let's let's do the talk so yeah like I said Ebullition, Kent, Heart Attack, that was all a lot of inspiration for me personally back in, you know, the late 90s, early aughts. And the band I was playing in at the time, we recorded a record and we just thought, let's just send it to to Kent and see if he likes it. And he did actually like it and he ended up pressing it and it was released on Ape Must Not Kill Ape Records. And yeah, he distributed it. And so that's how we got in touch. And then we met when he was in Europe on tour with Orchid, I think in maybe 2001 or 2002 so it was really fun to catch up after 20 years so i hope you enjoy this conversation as much as i did so this is Kent McClard and me
1: words are words upon words, words!
0: Thanks a lot, Kent, for taking the time to have, no, a, no to have a talk. No <laughs> problem. So I'd like to start uh, with a quote, um, which I don't know if, it, if it's from you. I, I think so. It's from this record here, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. 312 31293, 7-inch compilation. And it's, uh, it goes, and so you say that it isn't what it once was in your day. You saw it all before, you heard it long ago, and you did everything yesterday. Well, it sounds like you're all used up, and maybe you should just go ahead and die today uh, when I read it, I really felt for this sentiment i could i could you know like a young young kid just getting getting having gotten into hardcore and punk uh what would you uh say or what do you think about today's hardcore and punk scene well it's so it's so different um
1: because there's so many older people that are still. Involved, and I can't really always tell the difference. So yeah, I I don't, I don't think that that's it's very similar. Like we're in a very different time, I think. As I, there's probably more older people than there are younger people at this point.
0: Probably more of the same people from back then, just having gotten a bit older, right? (laughs) Or people that came later than that.
1: I mean, there's a, there's a, I mean, that's you know, what thirty years ago. Yeah. But I and I also think that I don't know. It's that's it's a weird quote. Like I I think it made sense for them, but I'm just not sure. The world's just changed so
0: much. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I I I remember. I don't
1: know how old you are, but
0: yeah, I'm I'm 43, so I I wasn't so too too much. You know, when
1: I first I'm I'm 55,
0: Uh and when I first
1: got into punk. You know, in the early '80s, there was such a clear distinction between what kids between kids and adults, yeah. and there was very little, um, very little crossover of what they did. And there was like a clear point when you shifted from being sort of a you a kid to being an adult, and and that's just those lines and blurred so much now I don't I don't, I don't think that's the same and I don't know how young you know it must be very strange to be a young kid at this point because those those lines have blurred so much you know I remember a few years ago oh, it must have been like 15 years ago I, I was at a friend's um, like with barbecue it's in a friend's house in LA and, I, and they had a, uh, a younger brother, and some of their friends were there, and they're, these kids, these were real young kids, like 15, 16 years old. And they were talking about going to see um, a negative approach. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I thought, okay, and I started talking to them, and they were like, kind of like, what's this old dude talking to me about? <laughs> And I'm like, okay, but you do realize that negative (laughs) approach, you're older than me. (laughs) That's right. So, and like, but nothing like that ever really (laughs) happened. Uh, You know, I don't, I don't, there were always some older people, but, but not that many. So I, I I don't know. So like, I don't feel like the same dynamic exists because in the 80s and 90s, there were these people that had done these things and they had moved on. Mm. But now I, I'm not so sure anyone moves on the same, in the same way. Or maybe like they,
0: or you know, for me, uh, when I read that, I thought of when we started out also as a band, there were, you know, there were always at, at, at some of the shows there would be some old punks, you know, like that were really stuck in the, that hadn't moved on, that were stuck in the old school, you know, 70s, late 70s punk. Sure. And for them, they would say, oh, this is not punk, what you're doing. And for me in the 90s, it seemed like everything was new and, there was such a development yeah. in music. Sure. Some people still said, you know, the old guys still said, ah, you know, I've, I've, I, I went to see the Sex Pistols or whatever, and for us that was like, oh, you old guys, you yeah. don't have an idea. But now I'm wondering, as I'm older as well, because now when I look, I'm not, you know, active in in in, in the punk scene anymore. But uh, you can find most of the stuff in the internet, I, I suppose. And when I look at it. You know, I'm 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 sometimes catching myself thinking these thoughts, you know, and so I'm wondering is that because now it's really gotten lame or is that me because I got old and and I am be- I have become this these old punks, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I think I will say this that I think the, the that sort
1: of narrow worldview about what things can be punk was definitely enforced by some older people, but I think that has been, now is enforced by the internet. Um, So I do think we're in a very conservative time because everybody, I mean like so much of the punk music at this point is, is, it's a lot of color inside the lines and i i think sometimes what made punk really great was people's lack of knowledge mm-hmm. and they and like come like a lot of different like people having different influences are only listening to certain segments and they bring this stuff together and it creates something new but that's kind of destroyed now because everybody can listen to everything and like so much of what i hear now is basically derivative. Um, and it's a derivative of a certain kind of E sound or a, like, you know, it's like, oh, we want to sound like this kind of band or we want to sound like this kind of band. And I don't know if there are accidents, or at least I don't hear them as much, right? It, it's, it's, it, it, it is a little conformist. and But that conformity isn't being enforced by these older people it's being enforced by I don't, some kind of like groupthink that is created by the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 so I, say, I think it's still happening. It's just a different, if that makes any sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess when you, when you grow up with your parents really not understanding any of the music that you're listening to, which was the case for me or just my parents sure, generation sure, whereas sure. now i guess you know you can go a kid can go with his parents to the negative approach concert and they're like yeah yeah, yeah we well, know <laughs> yeah, you know i got yeah. a, you know i have that seven inch and that pressing and whatever sure so how do sure. you for us it was a way of you know you know uh, doing the generation you know uh, setting us apart from from old people and i guess for kids today that's more difficult because your parents already oh. know all the bands that you could ever discover probably
1: you know i i i i was with um with brett and lisa and lisa works for me and worked for ebullition for 20 years yeah and brett was in um a, a crap load of bands on ebullition and they have a uh 15 year old son oh. and so and we live together and he likes like green day uh-huh. and a lot of sort of post He likes more of the post-punk version of Green Day, but but um he likes a lot of that stuff, and it is very strange, to to interact with them, yeah, because it's like there was nothing like that when I was a kid. You know, my mom did listen to like Patti Smith, Mm -hmm. and she had some '70s punk records, but they were, but it was a very different kind of. I mean, while it was the part of the origins, it's not the same thing. Mm. Um. Yeah, I definitely think it must be very strange for kids now. Um and I you know at one point um uh Bradley's son is called his name's Xander and he was taking drum lessons um from a, a kid in some punk bands. And like yeah, it's 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 very weird. Like I I don't know how you know when I was a kid I wouldn't have wanted to listen. I mean part of when I got involved in the punk scene part of it was trying to burn everything down Mm. and like i didn't want to have anything to do with any music from that was before my tide Mm, so i i sometimes and i think it's very strange i mean which is one of the reasons why in the 90s i became so frustrated with this conformist view about what punk should be Mm. because to me punk was always about breaking the rules and, like, but it wasn't about making new rules. It was just about breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then suddenly there were all these people that are, like, oh, it has to be like this. It has to be like that. I'm, like, "No, oh, it doesn't. That's bullshit. <laughs> like, it should be whatever people want to do. And, like, I mean, that's how you make new stuff. And, like, it's, it's supposed to be changing. And, I, and, to, and I, I think it's more the attitude about allowing people to have the space to do stuff. And that's what was great about punk to me. Was that we weren't all going to be rock stars or like this big business it was about creating a space where everyday people could have these experiences and i don't think that it was about a, any kind of like a specific kind of music it's really just about having the space
0: mm.
1: for regular people to play some kind of rock music um, mm. whether it's super hard or not i don't really care I, I think it's the experience, and that is still happening. I, I think it. You know, we still have a space now where people can do these things for themselves. So, I, you know, that it succeeded in that in that way. If that makes sense.
0: I think so. I mean, for me, um, when I think back when I first found out about ebullition, I think it right. was. I mean, I got into punk and hardcore. Also, I started out listening to Green Day in the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> that was my way in. I did a show in. for Green. Yeah, I did a show for Green. Oh, Day. you're right. Yeah, so. And,
1: and I always, which was always funny, because I always tease Xander about it. I'm like, oh, I, let me tell you about that time I did that Green Day show, and he's like, ah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then and then I don't know. At some point. Uh, a few friends of mine would would go to hardcore shows, and then we found X Records, which was really close to where, where I grew up, like sure. less than half an hour with the car. So we'd go there, and, and yeah. it, he had all your records They had all re- your records, <laughs> I think most sure. of them. And sure. uh, and the, those were the cheaper cheaper ones, more or less, I think. So it was attractive to me as well as a as a young kid. And I think the first one I got was Amber in the Amber in LP. So sure. around I don't know it must have been like ninety seven ninety eight or something like that.
1: Yeah, it sounds about right. And, yeah. and
0: so, so, so to me the the interesting thing was the DIY thing, but not just DIY, like doing it yourself. Because doing it yourself was was not a unheard of thing at all. But the 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 attitude behind it, like wanting to do it yourself, wanting to have your own little world, and um, you know, like not. Wanting to, to 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 make it to the other side to, to become big like a, for bands as well you know there were always those bands like in our town that maybe were not in, in the punk and hardcore uh, music uh, musically playing that style but usually bands would you know have to play those contests band contests battle of the bands and I never liked that kind of thing but it seemed to be you know the usual way if you wanted to. Be somebody you had to win somewhere and you know make it and be signed or sure. something like that and, sure. and then all of a sudden i found this little uh, utopian universe where it didn't matter you know you didn't have to compete against others you could just do your thing and express yourselves and and then there were labels like yours there were people who set up shows and you could tour and and all that it seemed like a yeah like a utopia which was actually working and in your case especially. I think you you managed to um, you know that was your job right or you, you managed to to make a living from 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 the music I,
1: yeah but mostly not from the label uh-huh. but from the distro okay I could never have succeeded just with the label it's it's so hard
0: uh-huh.
1: to make money from a, from record label because inevitably you're gonna do record that loses a lot of money like yeah. like I mean I, like it's just it's hard but you know and there's not there just isn't enough work to do in my opinion like. You'd have to be putting out like hundreds of mm. records a, a, a year to make it an actual job. I'm sure there are people that manage to do it, but I, I don't. I, it's not real. There's no real work. Mm. not enough work involved to call it a job, mm. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely have pretty much done that my whole life. Um, mm uh so yeah you started some
0: sometime in the 80s right do you remember when like when you decided or when the when you realized that you wanted to do something with music like as a main part of your life um because you're not really a musician are you
1: no Uh i was in a band Uh in high school i mean basically you know how it started for me is i i was just an outsider in like junior high and I didn't really fit in anywhere. I just so kind of an obnoxious loudmouth, and I got beat up a lot. And it was, I just didn't, I was just an outsider. And uh, at some point um, around 1983, I found an ad for um, uh, this weird punk rock mail order. And I just ordered some records and I got um, a fanzine pack. Like they have this thing where you could pay like five dollars and just get some random mm-hmm. magazines, and I got like Maximum Rock and Roll number seven, mm-hmm. and I got a flip side, um, and I didn't. At that point, I really didn't know anybody that was into punk rock. I just had this sort of these weird records, and I really liked the literary part. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the magazines were really the the most important thing to me, and um, I loved the music as well, but like, what I, what I really loved was just this idea of being this, like you said, of having your own world, mm-hmm. like, right, that this was this place where I just saw it as a place for weirdos and outsiders mm-hmm. and like people that to kind of create a new community. And so when I was in high school, um, I started, uh, I started No Answers, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and I was in a band, I sang in a band, I was terrible. Um yeah i just i don't I just don't have any musical skill um but I really like the community, the idea of the community and the idea of being allowed to be a part of it i mean the problem with the with the mainstream music world is like you said, it's this contest right, and like everything is about success, and it I don't know that's just boring like. Not everybody's gonna be successful, and like, why should mm-hmm. you have to be limited by whether or not a bunch of other people like what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you should be able to do stuff because you like it. <laughs> and um, and that's what that's that to me is is the most is essentially what punk and art gore is about. Mm-hmm. It's about the space to do your own thing without worrying about success. And and so that's that's how I got into it. And I just I had saved my changed my life i mean uh you know I, I I did some hardcore in high school i i uh started doing hardcore shows um and you know i start and then eventually it wasn't till much later you know i went like what seven years in the punk scene before i started to do a record label mm-hmm. um so you know it wasn't it wasn't until much later um that I decided I was gonna do a record label um and that was just you know I was just i at one point, I kind of became dissatisfied with what it, it seemed like. So everybody still seemed there seemed to be too much emphasis on success, even within the punk scene, okay. and not enough emphasis on the punk scene itself. Mm. And like my whole thing was, I just wanted to support the punk scene, and like I I only wanted to be successful in the punk scene. Like I didn't want to have any success outside of the punk scene, because that to me was just not what I was interested in, you know? Um, so I really started the record label more as, a, as kind of a, I don't know, a way to like show that you could do a label and not be concerned about success, even though in some ways evolution was quite successful, Mm. but like, I mean, but I just had no interest in doing anything other than in the punk scene and, and, and doing punk bands. So, uh,
0: yeah. So yeah, your evolution started in like around ninety or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, I
1: start. I want. I would. I would have started in eighty nine, mm-hmm. and like ar- around eighty nine or ninety, I I knew I wanted to do a record label, and the first thing I tried to do was the Inside Out, mm-hmm. um, LP, and I I was going to do it, mm-hmm. and then they were from the same range. area where you're from, right? They were from. um uh, do I do? They were from Orange County, but I would drive down there all the time, and I I like saw I I was at the ver the second, there was a first Rage Against the or not Rage Against Them, the first Inside Out uh, show, that with a slightly different lineup that I didn't see, but I was at their second show, and I was at mo I went to see most of their shows because they were really great, mm-hmm. and um. You know I, we just became friends, and and I wanted to do their record, but then at some point when we were going to do it. Um, it was going to be called Rage Against the Machine. And then and that was your um,
0: idea, right? Did I read that somewhere? Yes, it, Rage
1: <laughs> Against the Machine is a phrase that yeah. was in, I think, I don't remember, no answer is five or yeah. six, maybe, or maybe seven. I don't remember which issue it was in. Um, and, and then Revelation stepped in, yeah. and they decided to do a seven-inch on Revelation, so I didn't get to do that. And then I wanted to do the uh, the first Iconochrist LP. Uh-huh. But again, I hadn't done had a record label before, so there was some interest, and they, but then they ended up going with um, very small, Sure or yeah, for very small with their, and so I didn't get to do that either. Um, and then eventually I got to do the downcast seven inch because we were we lived together at the time, and there was l- less chance that they were going to be poached <laughs> by some other label. Um, and at that point, and then once I had done something, it was much easier to do things after that. But you know, initially it was hard because. You know, I had never actually done a record label.
0: Yeah, so. and then while, while many um, DIY labels focused on regional scenes, which you probably also did starting out with Doncast and other bands, but, but yeah. then you quickly also took on a few bands, like International, which I th- found really cool, sure. like uh, from France, Ivich, I think, right? and Yeah, and and yeah, Red. yeah. So was that just, um, yeah. did it just happen, or was that intentional? Or?
1: Um, well, I mean, we I went on... a I went on tour with Downcast in 1992, the European tour, and we just saw all these great bands. And we just had, I just, there were so many, it was just great. And um, I don't know, I just made sense. You know, I don't, I don't, I didn't really, I didn't really have any like plans or like strategy. I just tried to do records with bands I liked and I just thought they were great. And so I just, you know, I just did anything I liked. Uh, And I also, um, previously to, starting ebullition a lot of europeans had would come over and visit me like um mm-hmm. like the guys from crucial response mm-hmm. they must have came and stayed at my house like i don't know two or three times and like and like uh, marianne from it must not yeah. kill eight like she had come over and like oh god maybe it, a, sometime in that same time period, I don't remember. And like all these Europeans would, would come and they'd sleep on my floor. Mm. And so I knew, I just had, I knew all yeah. these people, and like you know, it just made sense to, because it was a global community, and um, and so it just made sense to do international stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I didn't even really think about it. Um, you know, the when I did the Give Me Back comp. Yeah. We, I had interna- I had you know international bands on that as well. So,
0: right. that's um, also an early just, record you did, right? Yeah, it was Northern like Ireland. the fourth record mm. I did. Yeah, so
1: so yeah, it made sense. And I mean, I was, um, I also like you know, a big part of No Answers was getting them over to Europe too. So I, I already had all these before I started Abulition. I already had a really, I mean, I already knew Armin from X Mist. I already had all these connections uh, with Europeans, so I mean, it just I don't know, it just made sense. sense yeah. <laughs> so,
0: so, so one thing that also also um, like stood out for me in, with your records that often, especially the earlier ones, would have uh, you know a small flyer like like this one, the icon, uh, iconic sure, sure. challenge, where where sure. where there's some um, you know some writing from you, I guess, right? yeah yeah sometimes always from me. always from you yeah and just yeah. uh maybe like you said, you know, just uh, uh weirdo stuff or I mean uh, for me it was yeah, like just cool stuff, just per- very personal for me, it was like there's a, yeah. a person who's you know running a record label, but you're putting something personal also in there, you know the band is not you're not in the band, but you you're putting some you yeah. know, some thoughts in there. And that well, I also find really inspiring. I want to read that one as well, because I really liked it at the time as well. I lie because words never mean what they claim to mean, and we never speak what we need to speak. And so every breath is laden with lies, and in the end, every lie is a half-truth waiting to reveal some inner meaning, and to speak the truth is suicide, and suicide is not in my best interest. And besides, the truth cuts deeper than any knife, and I don't like to bleed. I really like that one. Like, yeah. poetic almost, I would say. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just... Like, like I said, I mean, I really, my, I loved the, the zine culture. I mean, it was just, and I, I loved the self-expression. Um, and you know, I, I, I didn't, I start, since I had started with no answers, I just wanted to like have to play some part. I didn't want to just release these records. I wanted them also to be playing some role. So I think the first 25 releases I did something like there was always something in there at some point I I stopped doing something in everyone because I just didn't
0: always know what to do I ran out of ideas a lot of
1: times right you know um uh and then
0: you were also doing Heart Attack right where you also wrote a lot of uh
1: yeah I think that's part of it too Heart Attack was a lot of work Mm -hmm. um it was a lot of work and it I have to say that heart attack ruined a few, some things for me. Um, it, 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 it because it was just so much work. It was amazing. It was, was so it,
0: hard. How, how many times was it every month or something like that? It was four times a year. I mean, yeah. It was just I would four have...
1: times a year, but that's still, it that was still a lot of work. And like it, it just, I don't know. I, I did that for 12 years. Um, and that was just too long. It was too
0: much work, yeah. and, and it, it, it was did sort of. Him. I mean, so um, many pages I read. So you know, it, I just every yeah. time it came out, I went to X and and got one, and then uh, <laughs> it took a long time to read through yeah. it all.
1: Yeah, it it was a, it was too it was just a a too much a little bit too much of a treadmill, and I it did burn me out a little bit. Like there's there's no doubt that I, I got kind of burned out, um, and. So I'm sure that played you know all of these roles into it. I would like to, uh, and like Heart Attack wasn't like my idea of the kind of zine I would wanted to do, but it was just I, I feel like I was forced and not forced, but I mean I, obviously I chose to do Heart Attack, but I I was forced to do Heart Attack by that's because of we you know what you were talking about earlier about you know these people that had defined what this scene could Mm -hmm. be and i felt like there were these forces that were these regressive forces that were trying to control what what hardcore could be about and i i just i basically did art attack to fight that
0: Right I read, I read about that it. Was, it, was it like a, a certain records that they wouldn't review at maximum rock and Roll? right? Yeah, Ma-
1: maximum rock and Roll. I had decided that like that ebullition wasn't really a punk label.
0: and, and that would they, would they um, like um, say that music mean that musically or it was just music. Okay. They didn't care about anything but music. Okay.
1: And to me, that was just like heinous. like I have never in my life believed that punk or hardcore was about a musical style like i think it is about an attitude i have always thought it was about an attitude and even the records that would have been in the punk and hardcore scene in the early 80s they do not fit they're not all the same that is just it's know. a bullshit that's just bullshit they're, they're they're just diverse it's a diverse there's so many different things i mean like the butthole surfers don't sound anything like M.I.A. or the um, the big boys or the dicks. Uh, I, mean, I mean, there's just so many kinds of bands. Like you know, you've got your D.C. bands and like, you know, that whole idea that that's idea about cause this this sort of conformist concept. It was just constantly happening in the punk scene, w- whether it was like backlash against against the um, some of the D.C. bands like Rights of Spring or or uh, you know, Beefeater. But like, none of those bands, even those bands don't sound the same. Beefeater doesn't sound anything like those, uh, you know, like like Rites of Spring. Or, I mean, they're just, there's so much diversity and there always was.
0: But was it like a a sentiment? Was it like that um, they refused or they thought one stuff was, was it too melodic? Or... I don't (laughs) fucking know.
1: I think it was just, they didn't like it. But there's always been bands. Who cares? Like, there's always been punk bands I didn't like. Like, who gives a shit? That doesn't mean that just because I don't like a band, what a band sounds like, doesn't make them not a punk band. Like, that's just not how it works. Like, this is a big community, and there's all there's a lot of people that have a lot of different interests in it, and anybody can take place and do whatever they want. And like, it's just not for me to. And there, you know, there's lots of bands I don't like, but that doesn't make them. Not a punk band. Like, it's just, that's just idiocy. And I just did it. I really find that attitude. I, I do think that there's a, the only way you can really define this is based on do you want to be a member of this community? Mm-hmm. If your goals are to be a big, successful mainstream band, then I don't care what you sound like, you're not a real punk band. Or not, maybe not a punk band, because some punk bands obviously. Wanted to be really big, but I think that's the difference—the difference between punk and hardcore. I think what hardcore really was about was having our own scene, and what punk was about was like blowing up these boundaries and like doing your own thing and and making it making a lot more possibilities. And then hardcore was basically about trying to do this thing where we create our own scene. Mm. And I just don't think it was about a specific kind of music. I, I, like, it might have, there might, have either, there's a lot of similarities about hard music, but there were always melodic bands right, that were right. part of this scene. Always. I was, I was
0: thinking, what could be the reasoning? Because it doesn't make sense, right, for them to say, I mean, it maybe it, I was thinking is maybe there because I wasn't uh, you know I wasn't in the scene there I was a, I was a toddler sure, sure, but um sure. was it like could it could it have been BMP. that they would think if bands get too melodic it gets it's you know we have to protect our little DIY scene which only works if there's no you know mainstream appeal or I don't know maybe something like I happens. really
1: think it just comes down to um you, you see it in all kinds of things like in any kind of nerdy like genre of anything whether it's anime or like if you do it a lot of the people that are interested in things basically say if they don't like it it's not this like it's just a very like shallow narrow-minded selfish point of view that like somehow a movie or like even a movie a movie isn't a good movie if you don't like it like like, I mean, I just think it's just, like, it doesn't, like, genres don't exist like that. Mm-hmm. They exist, they're larger than us. Um, and <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's just a really, and, like, you look at all the subgenres that were created, like, you know, this, you know, when you talk about, like, emo or or, like, all these, like, they were all basically created to create separation. You know, I, I always tell people that, like, I would constantly meet people that would say, oh, Ebullition's a straight-edge label, or Ebullition's oh, an emo label. Mm-hmm. or And it was always, 9 out of 10 times, it was always an insult. Mm-hmm. Like, they were always trying to basically... Put you in a box. Like, oh, you're not real. Mm-hmm. You're like this little childish thing. Like, yeah, put me in a box. And so, I just think that, like, that's just... I don't know, I just think it's human nature to sort of be closed-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, but I don't think that goes, that's in the spirit of what punk and hardcore were about. Um, I think I just, I just don't, I mean like, so I, I don't really care what it sounds like. Um, I mean, I, I obviously like certain kinds of bands, but, but you know, I've never, my favorite bands of all time are like crass, mm-hmm. uh, sacrilege code of honor, uh, the dicks, uh you know, they're not all the same. They don't all sound the same. Like there's a lot of diversity, you know. Um Justice League is in my one of my favorite records of all time. Like, I mean, but you know, I mean like I did I liked it all. I like all kinds of different stuff. Um it's just, you know, whether it spoke to me or not, um, you know, Embrace is one of my favorite bands. Um but, you know, so I just don't and I just don't see the difference. I think they're there all these bands are basically the message and the what they're what they're trying to express is is very similar, but the way they're expressing it is different.
0: So I have a couple of more things I want to talk about. You mentioned it already. Straight Edge, um, one of the first records also I I, um, I, I checked out or I I, I found from from Abolition was the XXX compilation, and I had of course first learned about Straight Edge as this kind of you know, sports, jockey thing, which it was like at the shows uh, in the area where I lived. And I thought it was cool, but it didn't seem like it was the perfect fit for me. And I was never straight edge, but I really liked um, the, difference, the different take that you had on these things. And um, yeah, and the bands, of course, on that compilation didn't sound at all like, like the usual straight edge bands. So, and I I suppose that was the idea behind the whole thing for you as well, to show a different um, perspective, a different take on on these things. I
1: mean, the, the thing is, is I was older. So, you know, I was heavily involved in the, the sort of quote unquote straight edge revival that went on in 1988, but I'd already been straight edge for five years before that, right? Like, so, so to me, I already understood that that straight Edge, it wasn't a club. This was like a a personal thing. That like if you were gonna if 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 this thing was about a bunch of your friends, then you were it wasn't gonna work. Like you weren't gonna make it. Like because it was just unrealistic. And like I thought the whole when the when the straight edge revival thing came, I just thought that whole that whole so I don't know sports or team or. Like gang thing, I just thought it was just ridiculous. And while I like a lot of those bands, I just thought to myself, every one, the minute any of these kids moves to a new town or has to go to college for the first time, they're gonna understand the real world. They're gonna realize what the real world is like, mm-hmm. and that this is this whole thing isn't. They're not this, you know, like the True Till Death and all that stuff. I, I, I like a lot of those bands, but I just thought the it was unrealistic and like juvenile to think that that's, to not understand what a powerful, how our society is so obsessed with drugs and alcohol and to not under, to, to like not understand how, how much power that has and how difficult it is to resist that. I, I just thought that I don't know. I, 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 you know, I I can't really put it in words, but I just I knew all these people that were straight edge, but most of them were outsiders. They were like people that had done this for themselves, and they and they were the people that were going to be straight edge their whole lives. Right, and the bands on the compilation like as well.
0: They were like not the typical yeah, the, kind of straight edge. Yeah, movie, I, I wanted to right? show
1: that this wasn't this is this was an, this was again. It goes back to the same theme. To me, straight edge is an idea. It is not. A musical genre like this is an idea, mm. <laughs> um, just like punk and hardcore are ideas. They're not musical genres. Like, like, and and I, I I just thought this straight edge idea is so. It can be important and useful to people, and it shouldn't be like confined to this one boring genre. Like it, like it, like I just I think it's a more powerful idea than that. And I, I just didn't want it to be sort of like, you know,
0: yeah. Put in the box, right?
1: <laughs> put in a box. Right. Exactly. And like, so that's what I was just trying to do. Yeah. And I all, so I, I you know, I so I had two, I had two goals with that call. One to show that straight edge is mo- isn't a music, isn't a it's an idea. And there are all kinds of bands that can take part. And two, I wanted to talk about what a difficult life choice straight edge actually is and and it's not going to make your life necessarily easier um it's going to make your life different um and i still believe that thoroughly um you know
0: yeah you 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 wrote something in there as well that i i didn't, I didn't find find the, the exact phrase right now but i remember something like when you go out and you don't want to drink alcohol you don't have many you know there's you know there's just you can go to church or something like that right where people don't have alcohol or drugs
1: yes 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 yeah what is there very, to do it, the world has changed it's not as bad I think as it once was
0: but yeah it was true but it, yeah I think I wrote
1: something and that is like you could go basically to church or
0: yeah
1: or I don't remember something else there weren't very many options Bec- yeah. Or you can be like a recovering alcoholic mm-hmm. um, most of the time in my life now People Assume I'm a recovering alcoholic mm-hmm. or something, <laughs> which is fine, I don't care about Like, but I, you know, so I was just, I don't know, I just thought it was a useful idea. Um,
0: and but I also thought, uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, so sorry. And, um, uh, the one yeah. part I found that I really like because it really, you know, rings, I don't know, rings true for me. The, you you call it diversion a lot of the bands that are involved with this record have broken up and in the next few years a lot of them will break up over time a lot of these people will give up the edge and move on to a new life the diversion of straight edge will have run its course some of these people will continue to participate in hardcore but a lot of them will give that up as well and that's basically I guess the most um, you know one of the most important um, you know facts about hardcore is that you get into it and you get out of it right yeah, yeah, for sure. But so, how did you manage to to stick around, you know, for for so long? What kept you, what kept you interested in this in this scene for so long?
1: I don't know. I just, I I really don't like any other kinds of music. First of all, so like it's all I listen to. Um, I don't really listen to anything mm-hmm. outside of the punk community. So then that's never going to change. Um, like so, and. Um, I don't know I just I I just it's always had the space for me to do whatever I wanted Um, I mean so I don't I don't know I just it just worked for me and most of my friends uh, I mean I do at this point I do have quite a lot of friends that don't aren't part of the funk and hardcore community but I I just think the the it's just the, the the philosophical backbone of the things that are in the punk and hardcore community they still are written so true to me and like it's my perspective and like it was my perspective before I got into this mm. scene like I was already an outsider and my only concern about the scene is if it ever became kind of cool and that the, it wasn't a space where weirdos and outsiders could could be, then I would, I would not like it. Um, because that's just not my framing, but it, that's never happened. Like, you know, Pumpkin Hardcore, as it, there was enough self-awareness of it that most of it was trying to basically stay in its hidden world. I mean, that's why I ca- said Hardcore for the Hardcore for, with Heart Attack, right? Like, mm-hmm. my goal was to keep this scene for us. Like, the, you know, this is our community. Mm-hmm. And like it will be our community even if I'm not involved or if you're not involved like like it's just this hidden community and it's just here for people that want it and that and it's still here. And so, you know, I still do a lot of other things. So, you know, I'm not like I don't go to a lot of shows, uh, mostly because there aren't a lot of shows here actually at the time. But um,
0: but you do other know, stuff, so right? Just, I mean, you have. Uh... Oh,
1: yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But on uh, most of those things. That I do, you can see the same kinds of. There's a lot. There's there are some weird similarities.
0: Mm-hmm. um The DIY uh, aspect of of running things. And, yeah, and that kind of. And I
1: actually I, I think the punk and art scene was always quite nerdy. Mm-hmm. Like it's a like I know that there are lots of people that are cool or whatnot, but like but like but in my opinion, it's kind of a nerd. It, it's a kind of nerd culture too, um, and. So I do a lot of things that are also sort of similar nerd culture..
0: <laughs> cool. so, so another thing about we, you all already talked a bit about heart, heart attack, um, when I, uh, I remember like, for me, it was really a, um, an important source of, of information, also education in, in, in many respects. And I, I feel like many of the things that were discussed there back then have now made it into a much broader uh have now found a much broader audience like all these gender and sexuality and sure. you know um mental health all these issues um nobody talked about that right i you know i mean nobody i knew talked about these things so so how do you see that 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 many of these um ideological um ideas have sort of been transported into a more mainstream area if, if I know, yeah, I, it's,
1: I think that. that's great. I mean, I think I think that I think that we're our society in general is progressing. Like, I I do think it's getting better. It's not perfect and has a lot of a lot of room to to move. But I, I but I do think that that's you know interesting. I think also a lot of the people, a lot. I think a lot of people that got involved in this scene. One of them, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had people contact me and they they're not no they're no longer involved in the scene. Mm. But they contact me and they tell me that they really appreciate that somehow I I was created an atmosphere or um that allowed them to be confident and go out and do things. And they took a lot of these ideas about what really success is, and success is a very personal thing. And it it isn't shouldn't be defined by how much money you make or like all these other things. It's it's really about what your goals are. And a lot of people have have taken those ideas and done other things in the world. And I think a lot of activists got involved in this scene too, and may have gone on to do activism. But they took some of the ideas that are embedded within the diy culture and they and took them with them and i i i really i do think that um that hardcore played a role in uh, in changing things in, in changing the overall culture by all of these people coming and spending some time in this scene and then Going on to do something else and taking pieces exactly. that they learned, things that they no. got forward, um, and I so I you know, I think that's all great. I mean, and like you mentioned, you know that was I, I just think like gender stuff and gender politics and uh, mental health stuff. All those things were real concerns of people that I knew in the that were in the that were in our scene. And I just—it's I, great that those things have expanded, um, you know. And to a certain degree, I don't know if it's the heart, you know, would a heart attack be important in today's world? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But but like it was a different world back then. It was it was a much more um, a much more uh, con- I don't know. It's is it was the the world was much more narrow. Uh, and it isn't as narrow now, so it's 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 just different. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah,
0: for for me, it has a sort yeah, of a, so a vanguard feeling, uh, avant-garde feeling. Sometimes when I read this, yeah, when I yeah, take an old heart attack and read it and say, like, think this this discussion is what people are talking about today, and you know.
1: Yeah, sure, <laughs> for sure. Back for then, sure. nobody really I, paid I, I, attention.
0: It seemed, but it somehow you know, sunk I through. Right? I think people
1: were paying. I think people were paying attention. They just didn't have. Uh, avenues mm. to to talk with like-minded individuals um, and that's changed obviously that you know it's just different um,
0: yeah but so that that for us Heart to take was a platform that you know yes
1: absolutely and I and yeah. that really was my goal one of the you know I, over the years a lot of people that I knew that did magazines or that knew me from no answers would sometimes complain that heart attack wasn't quote-unquote professional enough or a professional is not quite the right word, but like that there was too much amateur stuff in it. And what I would always tell them was that that's important. One of the things we want in heart attack is for there to be stuff that's not well written. To have stuff where it's not well... I mean, I, you need a space yeah, for yeah, people I to come and yeah. think, I can participate. And so you, I don't want to have everything in it be perfect. Mm. Like, that's not the goal. You want to try to have it be very diverse and have different voices that are at different levels of their skills of it articulating so that you can try... Because if people feel that like that they're they're not on that level and they're in, unable to participate, then they won't participate, and they'll never build the skills they need to participate. So in some ways, I think that that the that the hardcore scene was a training grounds for people to learn skills, to learn how to articulate these ideas, and then to go and go into the into the real world and take those ideas with both their confidence exactly. and their understanding the of what's important. Yeah, I
0: think that's a huge part, the confidence so. because for me like w- w- what you have yeah. talked about as well, like this feeling of being an outsider. Yeah. Like when you grow up as a teenager and it, and for me it was as well like that like my friends, you know, they they were like I I felt, you know, they were my friends but it was like I was a bit different. So um where do you get that sure. confidence? So at first you, you grow up, like 14, 15, you feel, okay, I'm, I'm different than them. I, I don't belo- really belong. I don't really feel like I belong. And that's an awkward feeling, maybe not such a great feeling. And then all of a sudden you find something that makes you turn that feeling around. Sure. And then you say... I'm still an outsider, but I feel good about it because I can be that. an outsider. I can be myself and express myself. And it's great like that. And I don't have to be like the others. I don't have to belong. I don't sure. want to belong. Sure, sure. And that, that, that's, uh, that's amazing for, for teenagers growing up, I think, to get that feeling, you know, that this confidence of just, it's okay that you're an outsider, right?
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that is exactly what, that is what punk gave me. Yeah. And that is what I've always wanted to give back, like like yeah, the most important thing is this this is a space for people that to to feel like they can participate and belong and like and that's what's important and um and I just I just always wanted to to make sure that that space was strong and do as best I could. To maintain that space.
0: Yeah, and I think it's still it's still very urgent. And this, um, like, I have teenage kids as well, and I know that. Oh, yeah. This 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 is it's still the same dynamic. You know, you want to belong, you don't feel like you belong. Where do you turn to? Where do you go? And sure. so I think it's still there's still a place for a punk and hardcore scene, though. I think it's smaller now, yeah. maybe than it was, and yeah. a lot of it might have yeah. to do with the internet or. Well, there's
1: so many different kinds of music scenes yeah. now.
0: But it's and important like, to it's have these uh, yeah. reaffirmations. You know. Yeah, I agree, and I I think
1: the thing that the thing that's really changed is that I think a, I think people I think a lot of people feel like an outsider, but there was just a lot of people lie to themselves or like pretend that they're they fit in, and like there's just so much energy about trying to fit in, and like the truth is is that lots of people don't fit in and like that's a common feeling and like it's just nobody wants to admit it and I think the thing that was powerful about the punk scene is that you had a bunch of people that were actually willing to admit it mm-hmm. exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> and like just be like yeah this is how it is and like you know life's not fair and like sometimes you're gonna feel and it's not like it's gonna go away you're you know you're just gonna probably sometimes you're just gonna feel like that yeah and like and so what and And so what? Exactly. And so what? (laughs) Um, And like, you know, you can't... I I think one of the funniest... You know, I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. I always find it really funny when people in the punk scene that do like record labels or any kind of project or music when they get upset when people don't like what they're doing. Um, And I always laugh, I think, but most people have never liked it like i like that's like that was the, that's the whole deal right you got into this cuz you knew everybody wasn't going to like it so what do you give a shit like mm-hmm. who cares like like that's that's normal what's normal is people don't like your stuff like that's the normal so like who cares like i just i always find it really funny when when people sort of like forget or i don't know know, you know it's just like the vast majority of the world has hated everything on that would hate everything on ebullition that was but that was the point like i the whole point i wasn't trying to like i i don't know like i knew that going in so like who cares and i would always laugh because like sometimes people would be like they would like oh i hate to say it but i really don't like you like i don't care like whatever (laughs) like it makes no difference to me you and like the other 10 billion people on the planet like <laughs> like, <laughs> like mm. who cares <laughs> right right
0: right so um, so like you're not really still doing the label or are you or is it just a distro I did
1: I did a new downcast album right.
0: uh-huh. uh, one
1: month before COVID started that was really successful wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> that worked great and I did uh, a, a record I helped do a record by this band from Visions from Portland Last year, and I am doing, I'm sort of helping out with um, this band from Portland, uh, Jade Dust. So I'm still doing some stuff here, but not not as major. I don't have the same. It's tough to put out records now. That like, there's just there's a lot of things that have happened that have made it hard to do. And I I don't really have the burning desire to do the records. And also since we sell the records anyway, like. I'm still, I can help bands out without actually having to do their records. Mm-hmm. So like I, so yeah, I don't, I mean, I still do some stuff here and there, but, but not as much. And, um, I just don't have the, and there's a lot of things that have happened that have just made it harder to do records for me. Um, and also I really like to, you know, in the past I would, I did, I designed a lot of the records. I did a lot of the stuff, and or and if I didn't do that i i did a lot of the i would put it all together, and i at some point it all went digital mm. and I stopped having the the programs and there's just a bunch of stuff that had made it harder to do um so there's so so yeah i d- i don't do that much stuff uh Anymore, so, but I mean, I, yeah, I still, I still have done some few things, yeah. but not that much.
0: And so, th- what you do, like on a day-to-day basis, is the distro, basically, and you. Yeah. So you, yeah, you distribute yeah. several labels records to record stores and all over the world, or
1: uh, it's we used to do like have actual labels, but now it's just everything. Okay. Like, like just you know, people just will basically take anything if we think we can move it, uh-huh. um, and it's not wasting someone's time but um, it's
0: it's always like um hardcore punk uh d i y stuff or- uh, yeah,
1: basically, I mean there's no real reason for somebody like if you're not if you don't have some connection to the community, we're just not gonna no one's gonna buy this stuff from us, so so it does tend to be that but i but it is a lot of diverse kinds of things I mean there's a lot of different kinds of stuff within that giant tent mm-hmm. um but yeah, yeah that's but so, so yeah, there's still enough
0: new records coming out um. uh, yeah
1: yeah. I mean it's a much smaller business mm-hmm. not because yeah. of I mean the ironic thing is that um, the biggest changes that have happened to Ebullition don't have anything to do with the punk and hardcore scene um, the biggest change was the housing bubble burst in 2008 uh-huh. that like that crushed us like we lost like, I would say, forty percent of our business, and we never got it back. Because um, why? Why? Oh, um, because um, it's hard to say why, really.
0: Um, but people couldn't you, uh, afford to buy records. Was that like the the reason? I or? Well, I think
1: a lot. There's a bunch of things that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stores went out of business. Oh, right. Um, a lot of record labels went out of business. Wow. Um, a lot of people became afraid about the economy and they changed their buying habits. Mm -hmm. And once people's habits change, they often don't go back. Right? So a a lot of people, a lot of consumers of punk music stopped consuming punk music. Right. Like, that's just what happened um, because there was this general concept about fear. And also, I think... Um, there was a lot. There were a lot of people spending too much of too much of their money, Yeah, I, I, I can't really say I'm not an economist, but oh, like, but, yeah. but I can look at the. I can I know what happened, hmm. and it was just unbelievable. What a big change it made, wow. um, and nothing has ever been the same since. Wow. Uh, we were massive between 2000 and 2008. Ebullition was huge, uh-huh. and after 2008, it was not huge.
0: <laughs> and you wouldn't and say it, like, it was, changed. Yeah, you wouldn't say it was primarily... It primar- changed in one month. Yeah, Wow, so it can be primarily well, October of t- people got out of the scene. No, it had to be this, yeah. this crisis, this Yeah, it was, right. it was just
1: weird. You know, it was just a huge thing, and like... Um, and like, COVID made a big difference, too. You know, the first year of COVID was brutal, and the second year of COVID was really good, um, yeah, yeah. because yeah, all these people... Said. They had become comfortable with the COVID It'll situation, but that. they had nowhere to spend their money, so they were buying a lot of records. And now that's ending because people have given up. They're no longer afraid of COVID, and they're going out and eating, going out to dinner, and whatnot, spending their money other places. Um, yeah, and whatever, and and also it's um, I it's just it's just the the living has gotten a lot more expensive in the last thirty years. You know when. When I was a kid, living was really easy and cheap. And it's not easy. Now you got to have a, an iPhone or some kind of phone that you pay for. You got to have like all these like internet connections. Like it's just life is more expensive mm-hmm. and stuff is more expensive now. Like, you know, clothes are more expensive. Like, it, I think the, a lot of the staples, the, the what's necessary to survive in our society, makes up a larger pie, a larger piece of the uh, resources that most people have now than it did in 2010, than it did in 2000. And oh, it's just, course. it's becoming rent. Like all these things are getting more expensive. Um, and I think people have uh, less disposable income than they once did. Even though there are a lot of people that have way too much disposable income. Because there's a, there's just a, there's a huge amount of people that just have way too much, but uh, but I do think that a lot of people um, have less. Yeah, and of um, course,
0: then you have Spotify and and all that. And all this you know, stuff, you, yeah, yeah, it's
1: just crazy. YouTube and my, there's yeah, a lot of different ways you find everything. To you find every stuff. record
0: now, yeah, online. Yes, yes, it's
1: for it's for sure, for sure, and there, and there also, um, you know, it everything competes with itself. Like, you know, people still buy black flag records, so mm-hmm. like you know like true I mean you know so to a certain degree every band today has to also compete with every band for the last 40 years because none of those bands have gone away right and they all have new records maybe even more than yeah maybe
0: even more than the 90s right because I remember back then like Black Flag everybody knew them but it wasn't such a cool thing to to have all the Black Flag records like like it seems now and they also
1: weren't reissuing everything but now everything gets reissued Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's, you know, it's a, it's, a different, it's a different world.
0: It's very true, yeah. Well, anyway, um, so thanks so much for taking the time, Kent. Yeah, it was cool. It was a cool nice start to Yeah. Bye, Kent. <laughs> no problem. Bye. <laughs> that was Kent McClard of Ebullition Records, Heart Attack Zine and No Answers Zine from Goleta, California. A sort of underground DIY scene legend if you don't mind me saying so. That was a really nice talk and it's cool to know that he's still around, Abulition is still around. They're not as active anymore like Kent said but uh, there are still records coming out here and there. Unfortunately there's no more heart attack but yeah check out the amazing records and important records that came out on Ambulition. and stay safe, stay positive and take care.